This episode is brought to you by Next Level Gaming, located in Salem, Oregon. Take your gaming experience to the next level with their stellar inventory of Magic the Gathering singles, Warhammer 40k miniatures, and overall great customer service. Next Level Gaming, take your gaming to the next level. Podcast where it's always better to get good, good rather than get, get wrecked. This is the Future Side series where we will be looking at the newest set release, in this case, Ravnica Allegiance, and we will be mining it for competitive Commander Gold. Tell me, how do you feel about this set, Cole? So far, I'm actually kind of impressed with what we got with this pile of gold we got this set around. After all, we got Shocklands are back, right? Sure. And you know what else? Shocklands being cheaper is something I could always agree with. Besides, we have 10 cards on our main list here, not to mention that we have an entire side whole thing just full of honorable stuff that we could barely not even shake a stick at without it biting the stick in half. Yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, there's quite a bit of uh, funsy stuff and honorable mentions, I mean... Granted, none of this is going to be really competitive commander applicable per se, but for example, uh, Skewer the Critics in Modern, that looks hilarious as all get Oh, yeah, no. Uh, Deputy of Detention, always, you know, a good thing to see Sphere of Detention on a creature. Biomancer's familiar, Training Grounds on a creature. Captive Audience for all the funsies. Oh, sure, you know, High (laughs) Alert for all of those out there that play uh, Arcades decks. Yeah. Uh, Judith the Scourge Diva as a as a sacrifice outlet for aristocrats. That looks hilarious. Yeah, no. Enrage Forerunners for your budget um, crater hoof. Sure. Mortify is a reprint. Always happy to see that. Same with Junk Troller and Scrabbling Claws. Uh, Tasa Karlov as your Panharmonicon for LTBs. Yeah, no, this, this, this list goes on. Sure, yeah. And obviously we can't get to all of that. Because at the end of the day, you didn't come here to talk about any other format. We're here for competitive commanders. So with that being said, let's get into our first card, ladies and gentlemen. Wilderness Reclamation. This card right here, I see as a powerhouse bridge piece uh, for stacks decks when they're dealing with not only their own Winter Orb and Static Orb effects, but also other opponents' Winter Orb and Static Orb effects. Oh yeah, no, I see this thing pretty much being added... And a litany of various different stack stacks, especially those that run Winter Orb, Static Orb, heck, even those that run Stasis. I agree there. No, that that is hot sauce right there. Uh, that's a great bridge piece, as you know. I've already even briefly mentioned how it has the ability to help you walk around your own stacks. Yeah, no. And speaking of another card I like to throw around, Rhythm of the Wild. It's just a trash to counter blue players. <laughs> you know... <laughs> I know you're on your uh, gruel kick because, of course, if I'm not gruel, then I must die, right? Exactly. You know, you're on uh, that Rurikthar stacks kick. And, you know, I have a healthy respect for Rurikthar stacks. I built my own version of Rurikthar stacks, in fact, and uh, have been really kicking people's teeth in in uh, multiple states with it. Uh, yeah, no, I see Rhythm of the Wild as a great hate piece against Counterspell and or Control players. Uh, the Riot mechanic in and of itself is oh. hilarious. Oh, Riot! 
out of all the mechanics, this mechanic is yet one of the most simplest worded ones, yet at the same time, so much potential with this mechanic. I agree. You know, if you pair this with a card like Incubation Druid, all of a sudden, now you're positive mana, and that particular card is now a Gilded Lotus on a creature. Yeah, no, it and, gets ridiculous. <laughs> uh, exactly. No, you know, I see, you know, a card like um, Incubation Druid as a budget version of um, Bloom Tender from yep. Eventide. Uh, and Bloom Tender is how much now? $35, $40 plus? Yeah, yeah, no. Rhythm of the Wild, and sticking with Rhythm of the Wild, of course, Rhythm of the Wild here offers us Riot, which to those who have played Red, right? Mm -hmm. Mass Haste Enablers, right? The one problem about mass haste enablers is that once you have one on board, the rest become dead cards. Right. But with Riot now, for instance, this is not just a haste enabler. This is also a permanent power buff. Yep, not just power, but power and toughness. You're yeah, totally right. This is a permanent buff that not only goes along with this. So if you have one, if you could stack multiple triggers of Riot on each other, mm -hmm. it's like um, one gets one activation of haste, the rest when one one counters. Oops, did I break magic? No, I don't know if you broke magic, but you definitely still came out on the higher end of things, definitely. Yeah. You know, speaking of gruel-related cards, another card that I wanted to talk to you about uh, was Domri Chaos Bringer. Yes, I had an eye on this guy for a while, and dude, this card is hot sauce. Yes, it is. You know, I see a card like this possibly replacing Garuk Wildspeaker. Oh, dude, yeah, no, hands down. I can see it easily. The fact is, is that his plus one allows you to cast Mana Dorks mm -hmm. with haste, or you could cast some big fatty dude and make him even bigger. Yep. His minus three, for instance, allows you to get the top, allow you to look at the top four cards of your library, put two creature cards in your hand, put the rest in the bottom of the library in any order. Dude, you're coming out on top on this card no matter how you go about it. And you know what else? Oops, I played Mass Land D. What do I do? I go for his ultimate, which mm -hmm. results in me getting an emblem. By the way, you can't interact with emblems. Not very well, at least. Not very well. I get 4-4 four, four beast creature tokens with hit, with trample every instep. Oops. A, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a GG if I ever saw one. Uh, yeah, you're literally generating 16 power for every turn rotation. Uh, that's gotta be something right yeah, there. Yeah, no, that's... And in most CDH games, from what I, from what I could see and play in it mm -hmm. that and that right there makes people to scoop yeah no that's literally what two to three turns and you're starting to one shot people no problem actually within two rotations you already have the power on board to one shot somebody yeah it's like ugh. that is pretty gross in fact by the turn three you probably should be able to just one shot the table from that point on right and you know that's just the ult right there obviously we're not talking about the plus or the minus and the plus is very very good for fighting through uh mass land d when you have no lands to target which is why i think personally he's a contender to replace uh garuk wild speaker oh yeah no and don't get me wrong garuk is a great walker but when you have a walker like this with this kind of a power level, yeah, no, you have to take notice. It's like Zendigus just got improved. Uh, by some respects, yeah, it has. Yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of being in the gruel spectrum, let's look at Cinder Vines now. Yeah, the last one of our little gruel cards here. And Cinder Vines is a great little guy. He may not seem very, was it, ominous with his power? Yeah. But he's a very under-the-radar type card that will definitely shake entire formats. I concur. Uh, you know, I look at Cinder Vines and 
see it uh, as not just an onboard hate piece, but also as a static uh, disruption piece for people who want to play storm decks, for example. You know, I look at a card like this and have a tendency to readily compare it to something like Aura of Silence, for example. Yeah. Uh, because of its ability to disrupt uh, fast mana-oriented decks or anything along those lines. Uh, so a card like this, I see it easily being applicable in Blood Pod or even other Gruel variant stacks decks. Oh, dude, no. It's I almost like, I feel like I'm Billy Mays here. Explain, like we're feeling like we're Billy Mays here. I'm Billy Mays here with a special TV offer. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. Right? You're not wrong about that. <laughs> and speaking of, wait, there's more. Electro-dominance. Nothing wrong with cheating stuff into play, right? Oh, dude, no, definitely nothing wrong. The absolute, what, seller floor of this thing is right. that, oops, I cast two red mana. I cast my Wheel of Fate at instant speed. Uh, oops. Yeah, hypergenesis, as you had mentioned in a previous conversation. Yeah. Uh, living end. Yeah. <laughs> Anything for free, pretty much, that you normally can't cast for zero because it has no mana cost. You can cheat it into play with electro dominance. Not only that, all the zero drop, all the packs, right? Yeah. All the packs, if you feel like, if you felt like that, Prispicuous or whatever, instant speed rocks for two mana. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. You can drop a uh, mana crypted instant speed mm -hmm. if you really want to. Uh, when I look at a card like this, though, I immediately think two mana. Demonic oh, yeah. tutor. Demonic tutor. Instant. It's like, was it? Diabolic Tutor, Instant Speed Diabolic Tutor, that ping something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that seems pretty alright. Uh, pretty alright? That's pretty hilarious <laughs> if you ask me. Demonic Tutor, Instant Speed, go find Ad Nauseam, play Ad Nauseam at Instant Speed. Let's go ahead and storm off while we're at it. Yeah, I know, right? Well, yeah. heck, even at one mana, what's the option you got? You got litany of options at one mana. Sure, Imperial Seal, nope. Personal nope. Tutor. Nope. Soaring? Sure, soaring <laughs> at the very worst. Yeah, no, there's a lot of options here with Electro Dominance. And the funniest part about this whole card is, even though it's a fireball, the fact is that it re removes the timing restriction on your spells. I agree. Yeah, no, it's very, very similar to As Foretold, but you get to control the timing of it. Yeah. This is... That's absurdly... <laughs> That's absurdly powerful. Yeah, no, Red just got one of the biggest buffs it ever had in a that's while. A def yeah, that's a shot in the arm if I ever saw one. But speaking of a shot in the arm, uh, Smothering Tide for White. Yes, White needed a... White and Boros needed a ramp spell. Yeah. <laughs> they got it. <laughs> they definitely got it. So for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Smothering Tide, it's a 4 CMC, 3 and a White enchantment that says... Whenever an opponent draws a card, that player may pay two colorless mana, or two generic, rather. If they do not, you create a treasure token that says, sack this uh, artifact, add one mana of any color to your pool. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, I look at a card like this, and I'm like, time twister, anyone? Wheel of Fortune? Fortune? Oops, I dropped 21 mana. Yeah, no, I look at a card like this, and it's like, Imagine pairing it with Time Spiral. <laughs> sure, I'll take seven new cards and another six lands on top on top of the 21 mana. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, no, there's some ridiculousness with this card. 
In I, fact, I'd see it pairing pretty well with one of our further down candidates. Yeah, and we'll get to that in just a bit. But before we go on any further, I look at a card like Smothering Tide, right? You play this for its four mana cost, and you go a full turn rotation. You're getting three of your four mana already back. Free Lotus Petals? You're getting free Lotus Petals. Now, God forbid if somebody drops a Null Rod, at which point, yeah, you're sitting there sad. But, I mean, still, you have the capacity, once you remove that, uh, that Null Rod, to fully make use of that extra mana. Yeah, no, that's cheap and easy mana if I ever heard of it. Yeah, and it's continuously generating that excess mana. By the way, funny part about it is, it avoids, all, it avoids pretty much most mass board wipes. It does, and speaking of mass board wipes and stacks-related decks, uh, I see a card like this being paired with Stasis as well. Aw, oh, dude. <laughs> I see a card like this just feeding directly into stasis and just saying, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to sit here and play this game called No Magic, where we're going to sit here, look at each other, and not play magic. Yes, and I will be coming out on top eventually. Eventually, right? <laughs> Unless your opponent blows up your stasis. Well, yeah, in that case, I'm a sad panda, and I but, should have a force of will in hand. Yeah, I know, right? Well, speaking of sad pandas, mm -hmm. Termander. Terramander is a hilarious little dork uh, that I see uh, being utilized with Edric Turns and along those same lines, uh, Hydroid Crisis. Yeah, no. Lesser notice, letter, lesser focus on the Hydroid Crisis, for instance. Yeah. But the Termander, dude, this guy is literally a Delver of Secrets that's better. Yeah, no, you're completely right because... Uh, Terramander has the capacity to uh, get stronger over time with the number of instances and sorceries that are ran. Typically, there's, what, 25, 26 different instances and sorceries? Yeah. And, of course, the ability on the adapt mechanic has the ability to feed into what it's already trying to do. Yeah. Now, this card, this little guy as a one-drop is almost perfect. Almost. I mean, that's why I also wanted to bring up uh, Hydroid Crisis for Edric decks, because now you can use all that extra mana to gain back some of your life that you lost, as well as draw some extra cards. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with ever doing and, something and like the that. Worst, and the funny part about it is, he comes into play as an XX, mm -hmm. and he has Flample, of all things. Flample? Flying and Trample. Flample? Yeah, Flample! <laughs> Leave it to Cole to come up with something intelligent and genius-like. <laughs> Flample is involved here, people. Flying and trample is a relative thing, is relatively relevant thing. Yeah. Uh, when you are playing anything along the lines of uh, Edric turns, you always want to be able to have some sort of evasion. Uh, and since the deck normally runs something like Tetsuko Mizawa Fugitive, uh, even having it as a 1-1... One -one, is still going to have you uh, with the ability to, yeah. uh, you know, evade your flying opposition. Yeah, no, there's really not many ways that both of these cards can't really fail in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but speaking of dudes getting nerfed and whatnot, let's move on to Verity Circle. Verity Circle! This little card! Who knew we could get attacks on dorks? I really, really like it. I mean, I could see this being paired with cards like Glare of Subduel, T 
tangle wire, any sort of mass tap effect. I don't know, like Cryptic Command seems pretty funny. It actually even offers its own mana um, sync outlet. You know, I'm glad that it does that. Don't get me wrong. Um, that in and of itself is a spicy little thing. But speaking of that, you know, I could see a card like this even being paired with something like Living Lands, for example. Yeah, no. And just tapping people's lands down and drawing cards as a result of it. I mean, it seems pretty funny. Hell, even when they're tapping their own lands for mana, you still get you still get profit from it. Yeah, as long as they're creatures, definitely. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, with those cards being mentioned, notwithstanding the shock lands, let's get into the really two big heavy hitters. Yeah, the, think. yeah the two possible new commanders. One that is kind of like just a new it's just a new girl on the block that does the same old thing mm-hmm. but sometimes in some ways does it better than some of the older ones yep and then and the new one that literally just takes what we know and turns it upside down yeah those cards <laughs> that we're looking at are Lizin, lavinia azorius renegade and prime speaker vanifar speak and let's kick it off with the one that's really not really doing a whole lot but has offers their own spicy touch on it yep Linvidia is a excellent Stax Commander. Yeah, you know, I see a card like this uh, being paired with global cost reducers like Helm of Awakening uh, and copy enchantment effects, uh, copy artifact effects uh, correction, uh, being uh, uh, able to copy Helm of Awakening in order to reduce the colorless costs or the generic costs of generic uh colorless cards so much so that they can't actually be cast without having them be <laughs> so it's a one it's a one fighting cost reduction effect and a one-sided blood on your opponents right and you know you pair a card like this for example with cards like uh dream halls for example yeah <laughs> and you just con- you just continue the gravy train so dream halls uh knowledge pool omen machine Hey, this almost reminds me of Teferi a little bit. Teferi Majors All Fear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can run Teferi in a deck like this completely. Uh, I see mass land destruction spells like Armageddon, Ravages of War, and Sunder being paired in a deck like this. Yeah, no, there. this is this deck almost builds itself. It almost does, but there is one noticeable issue uh, in blue-white when you're playing in any sort of a stacks environment that blue-white has a hard time uh doing and that's having compact win conditions yeah which is not exactly their forte exactly so i mean in a deck like this i could theoretically see uh, uh dramatic scepter being implemented iso reversal as we call it sometimes around here uh isochron scepter with dramatic reversal being paired onto it uh speaking of uh, copy artifact you can then play copy artifact copying your isochron scepter and then throwing swan song onto it yeah and uh, after having that excess mana generated you can then start playing additional copies of dramatic scepter countering it with your own swans and then basically swinging in for game yeah that are just beaten face with big value cards like sun titan and mm-hmm. uh even azor uh, Although yeah. it's a little experimental, but I, you know, I don't know how I feel about Azor, the Lawbringer, uh, Sun Titan. I can definitely see uh, Frost Titan. 
is along those same lines as far as value, although I would probably be more inclined to run something like um, Consecrated Sphinx instead at the sixth spot. But hey, though, still, though, nonetheless, though, it's like, we got the time. <laughs> sure, no, and, you know, that's one of the big, big issues that Azorius decks have a problem with is closing out games effectively. Uh in fact, um, one one card that I've been commenting on off and on for other formats has been Approach of the Second Sun, and I've been seeing uh, deck lists popping up online uh, that have been implementing Azor uh, that particular card, Approach of the Second Sun, as a potential win condition, uh, which is not a bad win condition per se. Now, in the context of competitive commander, normally it's a bad win condition. I would never normally use a card like that. No. But in an archetype like this, where you can inevitably stall out the game, and you know, this kind of a card can, on the outside chance, I'm not saying that it will, but on the outside chance, could possibly see some fringe play as a result of this new commander. Another one I'd also like to point out that I'd possibly even see play, Azor's Elocutors. Azor's Elocutors is actually pretty funny. <laughs> I did contemplate that. Uh, not very much, but... Uh, yeah, no, like, the only concern that I even see remotely for Azor's Elocutors is that in the online meta explicitly, uh, a lot of decks seem to be leaning more towards stacks, especially Blood Pot. Yeah. So, uh, since a lot of people are wanting to beat face, uh, Azor's Elocutors may or may not be as prevalent for Lavinia decks that are using Azor's Elocutors, but for situations where you have the entire board on lockdown and you have cards like uh, Kismet and Frozen Aether already out on the field and creatures can't swing, notwithstanding stasis, Yeah, uh, I could see Azor's Elocutors really doing some work here. Yeah, no, there's some... it's There's options here, and I'm, I'm hoping to see what people will brew with this commander. Yeah, I really am, too. Uh, besides, talking about brewing and going hog wild... Prime Speaker Xanafar. This is wild. What? What? Yeah. Let's see why you break magic. Blood Pot is in your command zone? What? Birthing Pot is a commander in a command zone. Yes, thank you. Uh, I have been in uh, the CDH Discord channels related to Xanafar when I first saw her get spoiled. Uh, and there have been several different routes that have been discussed uh, via not just Discord, but also Reddit. And some of those lines include Protean Hulk lines, the inclusion of cards like Elite Arcanist and Spellseeker, uh, using Elite Arcanist as a budget um, Isochron Scepter in conjunction with Benefactor's Draw and Dramatic Reversal. So... Yeah, there, there are some pod lines that are there available. I mean, I came up with a pod line myself personally that involved potting from just a fetch land with Dryad Arbor all the way up to Protean Hulk and just automatically getting there. Yeah, no, there's a bunch of them. And hell, there's even some a couple stacks. There, I think there's a stacks list or two that's running around where they get found using her as like a... As like, a value, yeah. Yeah, like Gison is. Yeah, as a value engine, exactly. Um, there are somewhere in the neighborhood of about nine or ten different lists currently on the CH Discord as of the time of this recording. Uh, one of those lists includes a Paradox 
engine pod crossover variation of all things, if you believe that. Uh, a couple of protein hulk variations. There's an elf baller uh, variation floating around or two. Uh, variations, like I said, including the lead arcanist as a pseudo isochron scepter. But, you know, I look at a card like this and there's a couple weaknesses that immediately come to mind, which has me a little bit worried about this card. Uh, most notably, Cursed Totem, Linvala Keeper of Silence, Graph Digger's Cage, Stranglehold and or Mindlock Orb Effects, Kiss Met Effects, and especially Containment Priest. Yeah, no, and, there, and those ones in particular do are some of the biggest problems here. Not to mention a litany of other problems with this type of deck. Mm. Not to mention that since most of these lists, right, are really actually chaining together about, what, 14 different cards into one act series of activations. Yeah, no, I, some of those lists have been chaining together anywhere, anywhere between 8 and 12 cards on the lower end. Yeah. Some as many as 15. Yeah, no, it's the problems here, but... If you ever get this off, like yeah. if you ever draw your god hand, this is almost sporadically stupid. Yeah, no, I see cards like Yavimea Hollow and um, uh, the other uh, blue land that untaps uh, creatures. Minimo, School at Water's Edge. Yeah, well, not to mention that one uh, elf land, too, from way back over in... Uh, was it? Um, Wirewood Lodge. Yeah, Wirewood Lodge. I was Lodge. thinking Yavimea Hollow for some reason. Yeah. Forget I said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Wirewood Lodge, Minamo School at Water's Edge, any of those two lands which would untap uh, Vanifar. Not to mention uh, Intruder Alarm. Intruder Alarm, Faces of the Past, good call on that. Yeah. Just there's a lot of options here for to make a deck like this to actually work. Oh, most definitely. You know, I'm happy to see a card like this finally exist. I don't know if it'll ever get banned in Modern. Uh, I doubt it will. But, you know, as far as competitive commander is concerned, I see Hulk Pod variants eventually being brewed within uh, the next six months, actually starting to take shape and form uh, at LGSs within the Oregon, Washington, Idaho area, and really starting to make waves in the competitive community. Yeah, no, I think it might take a little bit for the list to get refined. Sure. But I think there will definitely be lists running around. I think the the whole stacks list that they've ran that's been cooked up on it might actually be more pro might seem to be more prevalent. Yeah. Because after all, it's like at that point you're running it as a utility commander. Yeah, at that point you're running it as a pseudo yeast sign. You're just fetching up your uh, necessary stacks pieces. Yeah. Uh, but still, nonetheless, I'm happy to see this commander be printed. Uh, this new legendary, rather, and so that way we can see what the uh, the floor and the ceiling for this kind of a commander is. I see really big things happening for this commander. At the very least. Yeah. And that's not counting Lavinia, which I'm already in the process of brewing and building. <laughs> You're already looking for the, uh, was it the uh, championship promo? Uh, yeah, I'm already looking for the championship promo for Lavinia Azorius Renegade. That <laughs> art is so, so... And I'm saying this as an ad nauseum storm pilot, okay? <laughs> that tells you something. Don't get me wrong. I always have a soft heart for ad nauseum and storm and as an archetype. You know, when I see a gal like this, Lavinia, it's like, you know, kill her on sight now. The perfect love-hate relationship. Right. I, <laughs> what was that about Stockholm Syndrome? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, jokes aside, I mean, do domestic violence jokes also aside. Uh, yeah, no, I see a guy like this really wrecking face at competitive commander tables who are especially not uh, prepared for stacks. Yeah, no, it's like Brock Thar. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't remind me about that 15 damage that I took to win. <laughs> The fact, you. That you, the fact that you pulled it out on less than, what, 15 life? Uh, I pulled it out on, uh, I'd like to say it was uh, about 24, 25 life <laughs> from Ad Nauseam. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever play an Ad Nauseam deck, please, for the love of God, don't ever Ad Nauseam below 35 life if you can't avoid it. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but so far, that's what we have on tap for the day. Yeah, that's what we have on tap as far as uh, the cards that we think are going to... Uh, be seeing competitive commander play that are of competitive commander viability that are gold for lack of a better phrase we will also be posting other cards that we think are lousy funzy and are worth a mention that are at least at a very uh, bare minimum worth honorable mentions uh with that being said it has been a pleasure doing this episode here with you cole we are the Triart academy and as always it's always it's better, better to get, get good, good rather than get wrecked, wrecked.